Hey, Sean. Yes, Ray. As much as you know that we don't advocate violence here on the Brand New Jerks, I do have a question for you. If you did have to fight, like an altercation comes to your doorstep, what's the oldest man you would fight? Realistically, I would say a very uh, in-shape 70-year-old. Like, not, not your random 70-year-old, but I would fight... Because you sometimes it's deceiving. Sometimes you see guys that are, like, older, and they have, like, a six-pack, and you're like, all right, I guess it's, like, a fair fight between a, my bone structure and this old, this old anomaly, this old <laughs> genetic anomaly. Do you think there are any 70-year-olds that can beat you up? Yeah, yeah. You know, dude, I know for a fact, like, that there's a 70-year-old that can beat me up. There's definitely a 70-year-old that can beat you up. Not a chance. You think you beat all the 70-year-olds There's the not planet? a 70-year-old... On the planet, they could beat me Have up. Have you been on the internet? Yeah, I go on there almost every day. Right. <laughs> well, you haven't seen, they're like, this 70-year-old like, is a, now a world-renowned boxer. Like, you know. Yeah, he's still 70. Well, dude. I'll kick him in his knee. I'll even tell you, part of the reason we started with that question is because I told you about a news story. We'll just get into that because it pertains to this, about Tom Hardy winning a UFC fight against a 60-year-old. And that means, like, it was a UFC tournament. That means the, the 60-year-old got to the end of the tournament. 60's different. That's 60. I don't think so. 60's the new 45. If there's a 60-year-old that can get to an end of a tournament of UFC, there's a 70-year-old that can beat your ass. Okay, 80. <laughs> I don't think that there's an 80-year-old man on the planet that could beat me up. But you really switched that. Yeah. You no. got that. But um, well, you're, you're lo- you know what? Your logic made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 80-year-old? Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe there's not an 80-year-old. 80, you got to... Everybody has osteoporosis. You don't even know where you are. There's dementia involved. This this is a good... You can kind of just like... You don't have to even fight an 80-year-old. You just open the door, and then he just wanders. (laughs) (laughs) Just get him sucking on a Werther's and just pound him. Yeah, just tell him the early bird specials that away, and then he'll just just take off. What's the youngest you'd fight? Eight. Eight. No, the youngest I would fight is, and no, I'd have to be, you mean for real, like a real answer to the question? It'd have to be 18 because I don't want to go to jail for fighting on mine. But the no, amount I won't of, tell anybody. The amount of teenagers that I've seen on the train that are so irritating that I want to punch them in the face uh, is a lot. So probably like 16. 16? 16. That's mine. I want to fight. I'll beat up a 15. I'll beat up a 15 year old. I'd rather fight a teenager than an 80-year-old. Like, I, I have more sympathy for 80-year-olds than I do for 16-year-olds. I think there's a... That the same way that, like, whenever you hear about those teachers that slept with the students, right? Yeah. And for some reason, nine times out of ten, they're pretty hot. Yeah. Like the, I don't know what's going on. They're like... They're, hey, <laughs> where were those teachers when I was in school, huh? <laughs> uh, nobody's ever said that joke after that story comes <laughs> But what I'm trying to say is that, like, it's, I always, and I know a lot of guys have, there's a lot of stand-ups have jokes about, like, these snitches. But it is, I do agree with that logic. Because when I was 16, if I would have gotten into that, yeah, maybe I'm 44 now, so I have a different mindset. But I think I would have been so excited about it that I wouldn't have told anybody. And I'd be like, I'm not going to ruin this. Like, I wouldn't have been traumatized by it by any no, means. No, dude. Yeah, because I think it, it, back in the day, it would just happen. I know of, well... No, I don't know of anything. I think it was a rumor. There was a rumor when I was a kid that this kid slept with a Spanish teacher, but I don't think that that happened. Was she hot? 
Yes. Very. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But anyway, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, I've seen 16-year-olds that could probably, there's tons of 16-year-olds that could probably beat me up. Like there's like, you know, jacked 16-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's more 16-year-olds that can beat me up than 70-year-olds. Yes, so do I. For sure. Yes, 100%. I always pose this question to my friends, and you may not remember this, so this may be just kind of a uh, kind of kind of a, a kind of no point to bringing this up. Do you remember that kid that was all over the news back in the day, Little Hercules? Yes. Like, you remember Little Hercules? You me, when you asked me that question, you made me think of him. Yeah. Would you fight Little Hercules? Wait. Question? How many Little Herculeses do you think you can beat up at the same time? Uh, not many. I would say like three, seven. Like, I could do seven. You could. There's no way. I will beat up seven little Hercules. Well, it's also here's the Herculi. thing. Here's the catch. If we're really doing a discussion about it, little Hercules is a bodybuilder. He's not necessarily a fighter. That's what I'm trying to say. So you don't even know what his fighting skills would be. Yeah. But you're probably there's probably kids that take UFC classes that could beat up fifteen we're, little Hercules. We're talking about if me and you hop in a DeLorean. We shoot back to, what was it, like 2000, whatever? Yeah, it was a long time ago. When Little Hercules was all over the Today Show. Yeah. And everybody and got people to like, see. This is, they're like, this is abuse. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't at first. Yeah. Because I remember the news story was like, look at this muscular little boy. How <laughs> adorable strong is little he? fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it became, oh my God, these horrific parents. What have they done? Oh, yeah. They're shooting him up with hormones. His balls are fucking up in his ass. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of abuse that goes on out there that's like not just straight up physical or, or sexual abuse is insane like that mental abuse remember that remember that story about the kid they hid the kid in the attic and said he floated away on a balloon remember that no. you don't remember that they had this story these parents were like i think they're like hippies and they wanted to get news coverage so they hid their kid in like the basement and said oh he like he was on this balloon or something, and he just floated away. Like, he took off, and he was, like... And people believed people him? People freaked out. They were searching for this freaking kid. They thought he just, like, landed somewhere, and he was lost. And, like, the cops were involved in this, and it turns out the kid was just, like, hiding in the attic. And the parents just wanted notoriety. Oh, wow. This is like, 10-plus years ago. That's back when kids would actually do nice things for their parents and try to help them out, <laughs> try to help them reach fame. And now you have these snot-nosed assholes that all they want to do is go on their Twitch feed <laughs> and play Fortnite or whatever kids do nowadays. It used nowadays. to be a team effort. Now these kids are all about themselves. It's a team effort. These kids got too Hollywood is what I would happened. Do, I would do anything for my mom. <laughs> she wanted me to go hide up in an attic for a couple of weeks so that she could get on the news and maybe get some cash. 100%. But yeah, but Little Hercules was a story for... <clears throat> I don't know how long would you say? He was like two. He had three years in the spotlight. Yeah, and then. But I would beat up if there were seven clones of him. I'd beat up all seven. I don't know the kids. Oh, I, there's a lot of seven. Like, what was how old was he? Seven years old. He was. I think he was like nine ish. Okay. I think if you had enough of them. Well, I'm not. I'm knocking two out right away. I'm just crushing to the first two little Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, but if if, th if three of them got, like, their... They coordinated, and they're like, this is what we're going to do. It would depend on how big the ring is that we're fighting in. Would it be a ring, or would it just be, like, Maybe a street just this, fight? What if it's just this room? I think the more enclosed area, I think, the better chance I have. You think so? Yeah, because I'm just going to bash them into walls. <laughs> I'm just going to be... can just tossing these little Hercules at each other. <laughs> would you think that... So you're going to use your surroundings. That's yeah, because I don't think that they can all surround me if it's a small room. What if it was like an open field? Mm. That they, they might have a little speed on me and be able to surround me in an open field. 
Yeah, I, maybe I could beat up seven, but I, I, I don't think you're also bigger than me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I would like to do a thing where I take two of their heads and like bash them together, like in a cartoon. Yeah, just yeah, I think it'll be fun. Like, like, like the Three Stooges. Yeah, and clunk our heads together like Mo. <laughs> um, no, I think that uh, little. I wonder how old little Her- Hercules is now. Let's look that up. Yeah, look up little Hercules's age. Yeah. Well, I saw. I saw the reason that like I started bringing him up again was because there was a news story about him. Now he's just like a regular dude. Yeah, of he's course. not like muscular. He's kind. He's he's a little frumpy. I mean, I'll definitely kick. Oh him yeah, up. he's just kind of normal looking. I'll definitely kick his ass now. Yeah, he just he. He. They also. I think they used to like put bronzer on him. He had a better chance of beating me up when he was eight with all of his clones. Than he does now as an adult. Yeah, now he kind of just looks emaciated. What happened to Little Hercules? Little Hercules was a child bodybuilding star in the early 2000s. Now in his mid-20s, he has no interest in even working out. Here's why. uh, Interact. Yeah, here's why. I don't know. Maybe because he was traumatized (laughs) by 24 hours of working out as a kid. Yeah, maybe he was deadlifting while other kids were coloring. (laughs) Because he was taking creatine when he's supposed to be learning the alphabet. <laughs> Little Hercules, yeah. He looked as a kid, he looked way more ethnic than he does now. He like actually looked like Hercules. I think they that's another thing that's kind of crazy. I think to add to the nickname, they like put tanner on him to make him look like he was more Oh, like, the kid definitely had a great tan. <laughs> Nobody's questioning that. Kid could have been on Jersey Shore at eight. Oh, the kid had a gorgeous body. Now he looks like he sells vape. <laughs> vape pens on the street. He's got like a chin strap beard. They even have him like they even in the picture on the on the website. They have him like flexing his muscles, like just to fuck with him even more. Like he is still how in, much he is still in way better shape than I am right now. Oh, he's in oh same here. He's still in pretty solid shape. No, he's in decent shape, but compared to his 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 freaking Bruce Banner body from when he was eight years old, it's gross. Um, it's really gross. That's what I don't get about. It's like, hey, just let your kid. Be a kid. Like that's one thing I, I'm really glad that I had as a kid. I like not that I'm saying everybody's childhood is perfect, but it's like I was allowed to be a kid. That's why the internet sucks for kids. Like up to a certain age, it's got to suck for parents like trying to keep their kids off the. I have oh. a friend of mine whose son was trying to look at porn on the internet, and he and he had to, and he dealt with it really really maturely. Like he they gave him this talk that was like. This isn't for you, or, but it was really, really good how he dealt with it. But that's got to be such a hard conversation. It's so easy to find porn. Dude, it's so easy to find porn. I think we've talked about that before, like the yeah. different points we had when we were a kid. But, like, but now it just, it's just the, the, the entering in a website. And also, like, it's almost like how it's like contraband. It's like you're in jail as a kid, and your friends are just getting shit in for you, no matter what. Like, you can be in the most puritanical household with nothing being let in. You go to public school, you're getting porno in, in some kind of way. It's some a kid deal. has a phone, some kid has an iPad, some kid has something. You're getting porn. And I think it's good that when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't have access to that much porn. I think it made me a little bit more innocent for longer than it, for as long as it could have. It desensitizes you mm-hmm. once you start watching too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. It ruins people's sex lives. It ru- yes, exactly. Too much porn. Yeah, 100%. That's like, even now, if you, if like you go on like a, a porn embargo and you don't watch for like a couple weeks, I'm like, you kind of start to feel like a person more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you feel like a Mormon out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that 
that Hercules thing is a form of abuse. They shouldn't have allowed that kid was to have an eight pack with that line down the middle. But in fairness, like he's like he's a uh, uh, Channing Tatum or something. If your parents are going to abuse you, that's the one I'm choosing. That's a good question. What's worse? What does worse for you? Yeah, the workout abuse or neglect. actually getting punched in the face? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he took a couple fucking punches when he didn't want to do push-ups one day. You don't think you don't think Mr. Hercules was like, oh, you only did eight thousand. (laughs) 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 Um, Yes, he absolutely. You know know that that was happening in that house. You had to guess. The only real abuse I can remember from my dad, or the only time he ever got me to exercise, was when he would be like. Hey, go! Uh, I bet you can't get me a beer from the fridge in ten seconds. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, yes, I can." It's like, it's and I'd run full speed, and I'd come back with a beer, and I was like, "How fast was that?" And he'd be like, "What?" <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it. You're like Vince Vaughn and Swingers. Going, I'm gonna be timing you. One, two, <laughs> three. Um, uh, my house. It was my dad did not exercise really. My dad was like freakishly strong for the shape that he was in. He was kind of a chubby guy, but he was like. He had that, like, dad strength. It's like a prison guard. He was a prison guard. Yeah. So I think he was, like, doing secret exercises that weren't showing on his body or something. Because he was kind of an intimidating guy. But he would always want me to work out. He would always get me hand grips. Like, the, you know those hand grips? Yeah. Those plastic hand grips? And he'd be like, I want you to do that when you're in your room at night. Just do the hand grips. It was almost like he was training for me to masturbate when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't training you to masturbate. You'll rip your dick off. <laughs> He's like, going, to to the, going to the masturbation Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he got me push-up bars. <laughs> Masturbation Olympics? What are the... What? I don't know. I just made that up. I have no idea. Just volume? I'm in the volume competition? Just, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's, you went right that's, what, I, that's the, what I'd be in. Go for, I'll get right for the jugular. You know how we do. What are they using that? Beaker? Speed. They use be- I'm in the speed competition. The speed, I get into the speed Spread. competition. <laughs> what are they use for the volume one? It's just like... Just different types of beakers? Is that what it is? Like different... It's all the different. same beakers. Just who can <laughs> fill it oh, up. Oh, no, it. come on. Ah. <laughs> that's like, it's an endurance. That's that's multiple days. Oh, boy. Fill up the beaker. Uh, but no, and then he got me those push-up bars where they help you do push-ups. Like those like, like half, not half circle, like the things with the... You've seen them before. Yeah. Um, but he would get me all this stuff that I just would not use. I just barely would work out as a kid. He was getting you workout equipment that would be used by like an Irish boxer in 1901. <laughs> <laughs> he got me a medicine ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Donald O'Shamus. <laughs> he just gives me all. all this. I'm like, Dad, why is why is all my workout equipment leather? <laughs> why, why is this? Why, why are these weights made out of horse hide? <laughs> um. Yeah. No. He he always wanted that, but he also knew that like like it wasn't like he was going. We were doing it together, but. I will say this. I was on, well, I did Little League and I did soccer. Did you do, did you do like uh, sports when you were a kid? I, d- I did. Um, I went the little kid route and then that was it. I did that, very few organized sports. I did same uh, here. Little League baseball. I was fucking horrendous at it. I was bad at every sport that I played, but I didn't also didn't really apply myself at all. I Me just, either. And I, so baseball, whatever. I don't even remember how I did on that. I just remember like being pretty bad. Soccer. Thank God I was full back where you stay back by the goal. And we had this kid on our team that was amazing. So the ball would always be, I'm, I'm talking like 90% of the game, it'd be at the other end of the side of the field. And That's I'd be great. like, thank God. This kid, Wes Gensel. 
kid was amazing at soccer as a kid. I don't Hell even know yeah. what he does now. I have no idea. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. Professional soccer player, and you just don't even know because <laughs> how nobody gives a shit about soccer in America. <laughs> and then I played, the most I played was basketball. And my dad was into, and he was the coach of the team. Oh, really? Yeah, we played PAL basketball. I did a lot of, um, I did like a lot of just like pickup. Like, like we played pickup football every single Saturday and Sunday. Well, we would do that. We would do like two-hand touch. Pickup tackle from age you of You would like, do tackle? Yeah, from like the age of eight till I was probably like 20. And then... Tackle always ends with some kid's face red and he's crying, running away from the... Oh, there was, there was some injury. I, I like yeah. fractured my ankle playing. <sighs> I remember I was like 26 and I hadn't played there in years and I'm driving past the old field on Thanksgiving and there's a bunch of dudes that like I went to high school with years ago and they're all playing like a big game of, of tackle football, like a turkey bowl. And they were like, yo, Ray, do you want to come up and play? And I was like, man, I haven't played in years. Fuck it, let's do it. So I went home, I changed, Al my Bundy. mom's house changed, come back up for a week after... I was fucking, I felt like James Caan after he got hobbled in misery. Just couldn't move. I'm like, like, just achy <laughs> pains. Never again. The last time I ever did it. Yeah, that makes sense. I would have been destroyed. Because grown men aren't meant to tackle each other without pads on when they don't exercise. Yes. If you're not training, you shouldn't be playing a full contact sport of any kind. No. When you, especially like the hits hurt way harder when you're 15 years old or whatever it is, or 10 years older. It hurts worse to tackle too. Tackle. We, we probably played tackle, but I think it was mostly two hand touch. And then we would, and then I just a bunch of pussies in long Island. I guess so. And then we got to high school age and I just skateboarded. I was a big skateboarder, which I think you knew that. I skateboarded for like two months. Well, that's not really doing on. I was kind of. That was about five, six years. Well, I mastered it. It only it took like, me two months to master it. So then I just was like, this well, is done. Not, I, that's, I can't imagine that either. I, I could only. That's, you call that mastering it? Yeah, that's the only move you really need. Everything's based off of the ollie after, <laughs> after a certain while. But you didn't want to do the other stuff. You just wanted to do the ollie. And I could grind. So you got. On hose. <laughs> grind on these hose. Um, I didn't even need a skateboard for that. That was just school dances. <laughs> um, but absolutely, I think that, yeah, regular uh, child abuse is way worse than like, hey, work out a bunch extra. That's what I'm saying. But it still is not good. It's still like, how do you not, how do you not check yourself with it? It's like that, that Tiger Woods thing of like, hey, I want you to have drive in you, but by doing that, I'm a psychopath. Like Tiger Woods' dad made him one of the best in the world, if not... Well, he was the best in the world for a while. But, like, these kids have no childhood. Yeah, that would be brutal. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. And I think that that's changing, I feel like. I wonder how, like, professional sports is going to be in the future. Do you think the performance... I don't know much oh. about sports. Uh, they're they're going to be giving fucking trophies to every <laughs> team. You know, it's going to be... Men and women are playing on the same football team. There's no tackling. I won't watch it. That's Ben Shapiro's favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Ben Shapiro. I was talking to uh, Michael Che, name drop. Oh, nice. You know Michael Che. He's on SNL. I, I have friends that do very well in the business. I don't have and, cable. So oh, I don't oh, so you never heard of him? Well, SNL's on broadcast television. Yes. Saturday Night Live. I, you know what, though? I grew, up most, I grew up mostly reading, and I read a lot. So, like, if it's not in a book. Well, based off your vocabulary on this podcast, that's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
whatever, dude. I was in the I, I was in the volume competition of the, <laughs> the 2018 master- masturbation Olympics. And if I'm disrespected one more time, I'll, I'll walk. But dude, so this is what I wanted to say. I was talking to, to not one of my famous friends. It's not a big deal. It's just something that happens. And when you work, when you get to a certain level in Mike? this business, Ray, Mike, check. When you get to a certain level in this business, you just you know. Just influential people. It just happens. I can't control it. Yeah. It's like when you get to a certain level of talent and drive and just complete and utter just love of the game. I can't wait just... till you get there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be good once you get there. Because it seems like you already have the attitude and the ego for it. So it should just line right up. Do you know what I mean? I bet you part of you, part of you right now is taking me. A little bit seriously. You see, that's crazy. Like, like last time that we <laughs> talked, you thought that I took you telling me that I was... I forget what you said to me. I, I don't... I take nothing seriously. Okay, okay. This is... I am, you know... <laughs> I, I don't take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Um, anyway, so I was talking to them. That we were talking about um, Ben Shapiro, and he was talking... He was kind of shitting on Ben Shapiro. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like... He does the tr- he goes off about trans people, but so does Chappelle. I'm like Ben Shapiro is just like boring Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, that's because they both are kind of obsessed with it, and they both go off about it. But one of them is a comedian, one the other one's not. You know, he, one of them does it with a yarmulke on, the other one doesn't. <laughs> he was really pissed about She Hulk. I just saw a video of. No, he wasn't. Was he really? Yeah, he didn't like the idea of She Hulk. <laughs> Meanwhile, She Hulk was already a character. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what the problem is. You know what that is, dude? It's it's and fuck it. We don't. Who it's, cares if we get political so on this fucking, fucking clickbait? It's clickbait, though. It's it's clickbait. It's exactly what it it's is. It's a new show. This guy who's trying to be like, oh look, I'm this measured, pragmatist like person that's just super intelligent. He's realized, oh, I have to talk about She Hulk. Yeah, I have to do this because I have to get angry about this because my base needs it. That's why these guys are... What a bunch of cornball. Comedians do it, too. What have you seen this? Cornball. Have you seen this She-Hulk? What? Have you seen the She-Hulk? No. I, isn't it like She-Hulk attorney at law or something? I don't, have you seen the pictures of the Hulk? No. <laughs> she's a babe, dude. Is she? Yeah. The green, the green version of her is a babe. I mean, she's a, oh, she's no a very like, attractive woman. See, that's, on, that's what I mean about another thing about... The flip side of it is Hollywood does like try to pretend they're liberal. They've never been liberal. Like they've never they're playing catch up now. Why wouldn't you make the She Hulk like the why can't she be the size or close to the size of the regular Hulk no. with the head thing and that like, because she got big bombs because they need the sex factor for the movie. Oh, she's a piece, dude. My new favorite superhero. She Hulk. I heard yeah. the show is kinda not great. It's a show, right? I didn't watch it yet, but I, I you know what I think is kind of can I confess something to you here? You can confess whatever you want. I was kind of I think I, I think I finally have a fetish. Green muscle-bound women, partially, but or, I remember or, or colored, not colored, like colorful. Yes, like Avatar. Like Smurfs. Like, do you jerk off to Smurfs? <laughs> no, I haven't jerked off to Smurfs in years because I'm too old for them now. Smurvette. But like the Avatar chick, the blue chick. You fucking kidding me? No, maybe you do have a fetish then. Yeah, that can. There's nothing more unappealing than the, the Avatar. The movie I've never watched. I stinks. Have, I have zero interest in watching it. She's kind of like the movie stinks, but I want to. I want to fuck a, a blue chick. She's like sexy. Yeah, that's what I I'm can saying. See that? Yeah, but you like the fact that she's blue. Yeah, you like these like these. What if what if it was like a a hot pink lady from like an alien world? Yeah. Yo, when the aliens come, you're gonna they're gonna have to worry about me probing them, dude. <laughs> that's the problem. 
the aliens, when they come down to Earth, they're going to think that it's going to be their little, you know, sex experiment. Not a chance. They're going to ask who you are, and you're going to say, I'm Tim Rickman. <laughs> My alter ego, Tim Rickman, also known as Rick O'Shea. <laughs> and I'm going to say, wow, hey, guess what? Welcome to Earth. Now bend over. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Um, yeah, maybe but- you do. Maybe that's your thing. You like, like, uh, like, you like some pizzazz. You like color. You like, you know. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I want to like, uh, I want something made in like the Warhol Museum. You know, I like a lot of colorful. A Campbell soup lady? Yeah, I like colors. <laughs> but you. Uh, and none of my friends have ever banged like a blue chick. So I'd be the first one. You like that, uh, the idea of that. Yeah. Just being there first. Yeah. That's what Columbus did. That's what a lot of my other heroes did. Did he? Is <laughs> they got to the place first. They were the first people to do it. They were pioneers. I forgot. Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Not Chris Columbus. Is one of your heroes. Yes. And why is it again? Because Home Alone was a great film. <laughs> 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 uh. But you, you wouldn't. Stepmom, I loved. <laughs> you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't bang She-Hulk? You're too good to bang She-Hulk? No, I would. Yeah, of course I would. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I don't. It's not the green thing, isn't me going, oh, my God, the green. She's green. The green thing's a negative for you. No, it's not a... No, also, but what I'm saying is this. Racist alert. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just made her, like, how Hulk, what happens to Mark Ruffalo when he's Hulk? Yeah, because Mark Ruffalo's still not, like, hot Mark Ruffalo. No, he's, like, he's all, like, bulbous, and, like, his head's yeah. giant. But they don't do that. You know, in an age where they're like, hey... Things are changing. The Me Too age, the diversity, all this. You still it matters if women look good. Dude, well, it's it's kind of like in Love Is Blind when they came. We talked about it before when they came back with season two. They were like, ah, let's get some full figured girls in here. Yeah, and then and then that jackass was asking leaded loaded questions. And he saved all the other guys. What do you mean he saved? All the other guys? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But no, he like. But no, they still just weren't. They didn't get any screen time. They got no screen time. No, because I think even though they show... What's that guy's name again? The Indian dude? V, Veej? Not Veej. <laughs> that was kind of racist. <laughs> hey, I forget his name. Are, oh, Shake. I think his name was Shake. thin ice, buddy. His name is Shake, I think. Shakes. 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 <laughs> no, it's not Shakes. Shake. Uh, I think he was... I think he kind of took the fall. You know these dudes were like... Asking other questions that just didn't get aired to see if they were bigger, bigger yeah. people. Yeah. So that people just in conversation, you're, they're talking for hours. People are finding. They're out. like, can you walk around the room a little bit? And they're trying to hear the floorboards. Like, uh, whatever. But the, but the, I think that he he was just asking probably the funniest versions of those questions. So he was just like, okay, you're the villain now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of those guys, the same way that. Some of the women went away. So did some of the dudes. There was like a handful of dudes that weren't. There were no. uh, There weren't like really ugly dudes. Or like, Um, not not that those women were like, like, like. Yeah, they weren't, and and they weren't, and they weren't ugly women. Like they, uh, they needed to put some uggos in there. Yeah, I'm I'm like talking like dudes maybe with like scars on their face. They should. Well, maybe like, maybe like a missing eye. Make yeah. it a real fucking roll of the dice. Maybe a couple blind guys. So they should actually blind. If they really wanted to do it, they'd make the casting blind. 
they make you don't put a video in you send an yes, application yes i like and then that you're, and then they have to stick to the whoever whatever they look like that would be a that'd be a great version of that show because people would they even though they're not thinking they will because they're like hey they do want some hot people they want mostly hot people or all hot people <clears throat> anytime there's regular looking people on a television show people love it people love it that's the that's the porn a lot of people like to watch exactly it's very popular porn yep like amateur, just regular, yeah, regular Joes, yeah, just a couple a of normal dudes from the neighborhood pounding right. each other out, yeah, exactly. So I think Love Is Blind season three should be, hey, even we don't know what they look like. We and should they, be the EPs. We should we should pitch that idea. Real Love Is Blind, like we don't even know what they look like. Love is actually blind. Love is actually blind. That, I love that. All right, we're co- TM. We're copying copywriting that right now. TM spinoff. Love is death. Where they just, it's just them doing pantomime the whole time? Doing like, no, just, D-E-F. So we're bringing like, back Russell Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> we just bring them to an episode of Def Comedy Jam? Yeah, and it's, and it's yeah. Um, I, oh, you know what I wanted to bring up, Sean? Oh, what's that? We got, we got a little bit out, we got a little bit off on a tangent because you wouldn't stop talking about having sex with She-Hulk. Well, and I think you had that, you misremembered that. That's right. Nah, it was a long time ago. Uh. We've talked on the podcast a lot about issues with like going on dates and stuff and bad dates and about how you have bladder control issues on dates and you had to go to the bathroom six times and that girl emasculated you at a Domino's or wherever you were. You're reframing how that went down. Okay. (laughs) And I had something very embarrassing happen to me on a date recently. What happened? I go, I try, I like do like the, the thing where I walk to, uh, the girl's house, and I'm going to grab an Uber for us to go on the date, and we start walking to the Uber, and I stepped in the fucking biggest pile of dog shit. Sure wasn't horse shit? It could have been horse shit. Or human. Like, no, bu- like, no bullshit, <laughs> or maybe bullshit. <laughs> and Walking by Central Park? <laughs> it, it was right in Astoria. Yeah. And it was, dude, I was like, fuck! And, like, I'm already embarrassed, you know, like... Even though it wasn't, like, my fault, even though it's the fault of somebody that doesn't clean up after their dog, because it wasn't even an attempt, and it was between, like, two cars, because it was, like, on the street. The dog shit on the street. Those people should be arrested and put in jail. Executed. Yep. Don't embarrass me. And also, it's very hard to get a square hit, like you're saying you did, where you actually hit the shit. Oh, I felt the Because normally, hole. in this city, we're so aware of stuff, we narrowly dodge stuff, we get a little bit on our shoe, but to get an actual hit happens very rarely. Oh, I felt when it happened, that's why you feel like shit when it happened. I like felt it. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then I'm standing there. there. I'm trying to find ways to like wipe it off. And she was very nice, but it's still probably weird for her. The Uber driver's already out there. And he's like, are you coming into the car? And I'm like, I have shit all over my shoe, dude. Can, I, can you give me the full give five minutes? You got a hose? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a hose. Right. It wasn't like he was, his car got pimped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his ride wasn't pimped. <laughs> Have a hose in the back. Pit my ride. Yeah. Uber edition. Yeah. That's funny. Mike's a gardener, so we decided to put <laughs> a hose and a bunch of and a and a full garden in his trunk. <laughs> We've got a slip and slide in the back as well. Was that you that told me that show a lot of the cars they just bought back off of them? Because people couldn't drive around with a fucking aquarium in their backseat. <laughs> no, I thought I heard that you they a lot of them couldn't be street legal and also a lot of them like would just fall apart immediately because of all the shit they did to them. I didn't know they bought them back. Yeah. Pimp My Ride. That was a good show. It was a really fun show, but it also makes you realize how much, how fake TV is. Because, yeah, I'm sure, I, it makes sense. 
Yeah. That none of them could drive it. But who told you that they bought them back? I can't see MTV, who's notoriously cheap. Oh, it wasn't you. It was Exhibit that told me that. <laughs> I was having lunch with Exhibit. After you stepped in shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the date ended. She was like, I'm not getting in the car with your shitty ass. <laughs> she went on a date with Exhibit instead. <laughs> no, she went out with the Uber driver. She's like, do you just want to leave this shit shoe guy? But no, I um, I did not know they bought the, the cars back. Also, like, I don't think they would do that. I think that's a lie. I do not see MTV going, okay, we'll take him off your hands. Well, yeah, but they might have gave him like a, like a, like a car, like a, like a Scion or something. MT- you know how cheap MTV is, dude? They're so cheap. Really? Notoriously cheap. Yeah, they're like known for being like really cheap. Yeah, that's. Fun. They did. I was supposed to. I did warm up for them once, and it was non-union. And for it what was show? For the Nikki Glaser pod, uh, um, not podcast. Nikki Glaser and Sarah Schaefer like pilot. I don't think it became a show. Okay. And it was actually it was fine. But then I think I talked about this. Did we talk about warm up on the show already? No. Um, I was asked the last interaction I had with MTV. And probably with warm-up, uh, is they said, I get contacted, they go, you've been recommended to do warm-up for Girl Code Live. Ooh. No. <laughs> Have you seen me? I go, did you guys even Google what I look like? You're going to put me, at this point I was probably 35, looking like this, heavier than I am now, bearded, some gray in the beard, bald. You're putting me a bunch of, in front of a bunch of 16 to 19-year-old girls that are there to see, like... Uh, Alice Wetterland and, and, and Carly Aquilino and that it's like it's like so and also on top of it would have been like a hundred bucks a they would have been so low money probably would have been there for eight hours it would have been like insane so I was like no I don't want to do it and then uh, she was like oh I was just asking for your resume on if you could do it so I'm like you didn't even weren't even going to offer me the job you just wanted me to submit to do it I'm like get the, I'm like no get the fuck out of here warm up's the worst warm up stinks unless you have a good gig like a late night gig yeah. where you're doing 10 minutes a night 20 minute stops half hour and once in a blue moon and you're getting and it's like a cool atmosphere and it's I don't think I'd be good at it I was here's the thing I'm good at hosting I I had my warm up moments where I was really good and I had them where I was I it did not work out well. I did I did warm up once, <clears throat> and this was actually really embarrassing because I did it for a really bad show. It was it was on it was on Discovery I think or one of those channels. It was called Duck Quacks Don't Echo, and the hosts were Mike Liam Black, Tom Papa, and Seth Herzog. Okay, who okay. is a warm up? Has been doing yeah. warm up. He's known as a warm up. Like he's been doing warm up for like twenty years. Mess. Like he like that's all he does. That guy. That's all he is. He's just yeah. That's it's all he is. Warm up yeah. guy. I don't I, I don't see him really do spots. Yeah. And. uh <laughs> and fucking um, so, he was the host of the show. He got Seth Herzog, the, the guy that just does warm up. Yeah. Okay. He he was the host of the show, and he uh, I was doing it, and they were like, "Hey, just so you know, uh, you can't you can't be any kind of blue, no cursing, uh, like you can talk to them, but it has to be completely like like G rated clean." And I'm not really dirty. But for some reason, that completely messed with me. And I just had a week, I think a week of shows, or like four days in a row, of me just bombing in front Ooh. of this, in front of the studio audience that was there for a science show. It wasn't even a comedy show. Science show. So the, that Friday, the lady calls me up. She goes, hey, just so you know, like, don't worry about coming back on Monday. It's fine. We're, we're, we'll be good. And, I, and I was re- it was, I've never had this feeling before where I was relieved 
and I was pissed off that I was getting fired at the same time. But yeah. I was totally just let out a breath of fresh air. That's why warm-up sucks. Because it takes you as a stand-up and puts you in this box where somebody's your boss of your stand-up. It's, it, it sucks. Well, that, it's the craziest thing when people, and I think a lot of times they mean it in good faith, they think that stand-up is something that it's not. They think just because you could do stand-up, you could host anything, and you can charm in yes, any situation. Yes, that's what the thought with me was, I think. And then so what ended up happening was, as a cherry on top, not even cherry on top, just as a, as a weird ending, Mike Cannon took over for me on the show, and I was like, he's like, oh, I've been doing that. I go, oh, how are you dealing with... Uh, with like the everything has to be clean thing and no cursing and no like no just no blue no drug or sex talk, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" I goes, "He goes, I was telling, I was telling blue jokes all day yesterday." I'm like, "Really? Are you kidding me? Uh, are you kidding?" But at one point when I was doing it, like Tom Tom Papa, who I think is a fantastic comedian, like really like really great, and, and Michael Lee Black, who I've known since the state, I look up to those guys. And they, at one point, they like they come up to like help me out with the warm up, like, and you could tell they were like, "You're not doing so well," so we're coming over to talk to them uh, so we can help tough. you out. This is also it's such a different maybe eight years ago skill though, bro. What? Just such a different. Well, here's skill. the thing, but then I had other ones. Rachel Ray, I did and did a good job. I did uh, the thing W Kamal Bell show, and I did that so well that some lady came up and said, "You were the best part of the show," and I was like, "I'm gonna get fired." And the next day, I got fired. Really? Yeah, but I hate the dynamic of it. Like, I, I also had. Uh, when I was about to do warm up, Guy Branham, who uh, people know, Guy Branham, really, really funny dude. He comes, he was writer for the show, that W. Kamel Bell show, and he comes up and he's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be funny. You better be funny." And I was like, and I was so annoyed. I was like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, whatever. I was like, so like, I almost want to go out and bomb just so, just to spite you. I, I had a little bit of a jerk store moment this past weekend. Um, I, it, somebody kind of. Not before telling me I should be funny, but after kind of telling me I wasn't funny. Yeah, I've been there. I I did a um a friend a friend had to do me uh, a, f- a friend had me uh, perform at his fortieth birthday, and it wasn't the most ideal situation on the planet. A lot of times they aren't. But it was you know people some people had fun so that's all I care about. Some people enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. So that's you know that's what I was brought there to do. So that's what I did. But there were a lot of people that, and I get it, weren't there for comedy. They're there for a party. So I still go out onto the patio after my set, and it's like fresh after my set. And I wasn't like thrilled about it. I mean, you want to, even in a situation that's like that, even when you did that warm up for the Tom Papa um, warm up set thing, and it was like, you still want to do well. You still want to kill every time you get out there, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And I, walk out of the door on the patio and it's like it's like two stories up and this like older dude goes ah don't jump i was like what he's like don't jump i said why would i jump i'm the only person getting paid to fucking be here yeah and then he goes oh uh, you but but also you should describe your mindset i've been there before you immediately, you were enraged. I'm upset. I, I would have been enraged. And I'm not upset with, I'm not upset with the situation. I'm not Just upset the guy. with anybody there. I'm upset with myself yeah. right now. And the guy. And I'm the guy for saying that. And, and, and after you do a, sh- like, after you perform, you're giving a ton of yourself. And you're like, you're a weird type of tired. Do you know what I mean? A weird you, type of, like, on edge. It's, like, it's almost like when I got out there, I was still performing, and I'm dealing with a heckler. Yes. There's an adrenaline factor 
that I think even comedians don't understand. Like, cause you you understand the adrenaline of being out there, I guess, and, and pre-show. But there is a calm down. The same way people do spots and they have a bad or a good set, and then like they're like, oh, it's up till two in the morning, and people are like, why two in the morning? Oh, I just couldn't go to bed because physically your body is like you're still revved up. Yeah. So this guy catching you, he's he's giving you a shot. You're right. It, it was the, to your body, it was the equivalent of you were still on stage because it was immediately after the show. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, don't jump. And I said, why would I jump? I'm the only person that got paid to be here. I was like, I'm fine. Which which is trying to be like a that's such a good answer. It's like. Because it's trying to be a shot back. It's trying to be like, yeah, yeah. And then he said, technically, I work for the guy, so I'm getting paid to be here, too. I said, yeah, but you're not getting paid that much. He told me he underpays you because you're not good at your job. And then, uh, I, I don't know this. The guy's, no. probably fucking, the guy's probably fucking great at his job. The guy's breaking know. balls. He's trying to break balls. Yeah. yeah. So, so then he goes, actually, I'm pretty good at my job. I said, oh, that's what it is. He says that he says that he uh, doesn't pay you a lot because he knows you're too scared to ask for a raise. Right? So it's like too much of a puss to ask yeah. for a raise. And then the guy kind of like was like, oh. And then I was like, all right, Ray, back the fuck off. Rest. And I like yes. cooled down immediately. And then just kind of started like talking to the dude a little bit, like a little nicer because I realized like, you did get paid to do a service. You did get paid to do something. Let's not fucking... But also, the weird part about it, it happened so fast. By that time, you were like, I'm off stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your body's like, I'm off stage. There is about... I, you could Depending on how you felt, how it went, how in your head you are, how even when it goes great. Sometimes it goes, it goes great and people still say stuff. And then you're like... And if, it, if it's something... We are such... Legends in our own mind after a great set sometimes, or at least I am. Yeah, for sure. That if somebody just says, that was, that was pretty good or that was good, I go, what, are you kidding me? That was great. And they go, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm still in, I'm in the, yeah. the world of Sean. I'm in the kingdom of Sean right now. Are you, I'm the ruler of this party because I just murdered in front of you people in the back of a Denny's or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, well, had I waited 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Denny's, but you know what I mean. It was, it was a nice restaurant. <laughs> but it was, it was a nice uh, seafood restaurant. But had I waited 10 minutes... And then went outside, and that guy said something to me. Me being like a people pleaser and who I am, I would have been like, ah, yeah, that was rough. Maybe I will fucking jump off, you know? I think I still would have said something, but not as harsh not as, as what cutting. you said. Yeah. I think I either would have ignored him. I'd be like, what? Uh, I don't know, man. I would have been like, I would have been aloof. That's where I'm at with, with my stuff with that. I'm so done with dealing with people's shit after and, shows. And I have such a thing where I want to be better. Like, I, I want to be better for the people that asked me to do it. I feel, I feel you know well, what I mean? that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's not just because this guy said that. It's because, hey man, I feel crappy because enough already. Because if he's saying that, other people might, are probably that's thinking what, that, something. That's immediately yeah. where we go. And, and even if they are, where it's like, that's the thing, that's why I have so much, you want to talk about this, like, the comic who knows who he is confidence, oh man. Like where, like, like it's almost like, sometimes it, it, it manifests itself as like, hey, maybe your, your first part of your career, you're not doing as well as other people on shows. Then once you get into your own element, and then you don't, they don't care about, it's almost, to be honest, I like it and I don't. The idea where you're doing it more for you than for them, I think it can bring about something more unique. But I think I've always had the problem where I'm like, ah, even when I want to do that, I still get to the point where I'm like, now I've gotten to the point where some shows, I'm like, I'll do half and half. As long as I do some new that I like, but I'm like, but at the end of the day, I'm still like, I still want to, I want to win you over. It's still a service. It's still a service. You're still performing. If they're a service paying for to people. be there. Yeah. Somebody's paying to be there. Somebody's paying you to entertain. It's your fucking. It's your fucking job. Well, I had a whole conversation with super funny comic Jeff R. Curie about the, and I don't think I talked about this last week. The philosophy of bringing 
a notebook on stage. I'm against it. I'm against it, except for certain circumstances. Open yeah. mics, obviously. Ambush shows. Ambush? What about that? Mm-mm. Ooh, let's talk about this. Now, for people who don't know, <laughs> what an ambush show is, comedians have to deal with these things called ambush shows. And what that means is the producer of the show does not do any promotion and just has a comedy show in a place that has existing people eating or drinking already. And then they go, okay, everybody, it's 9 o'clock. Time for the show. And comics, because we want the spots, we go do them. But it's brutal because these people did not sign up for comedy. A lot of the time, they'll still be talking. Comedians get mad at them, but it makes no sense because they didn't show up for comedy. In that, I think it's a respect level and, and people there for the show. In that realm... I say bring up a notebook because they're showing you no respect. I'll show they're not obviously not paying for the show. I'll show you no respect back. I I don't have an issue with it, but it's just like that is just an open mic, maybe. Like like it's it just, is it, it is, but but technically it's not because there's audience there. Yeah, I mean, br- fuck. I mean, wear shorts, perform with your shirt off. Perform, you know what I mean? Right, right. You do whatever. Yeah. Because it's not a real show. Don't use the mic. But the, but the person who booked you thinks they have a real show on their hands. Especially yeah. people are delusional. And the other one is new, ta- new not new talent, uh, new joke night. New material night because the audience goes in there knowing they that know somebody it riffing exactly. or coming off of a thing. But now, besides that, especially if you're getting paid, no, 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 no. Well, how do you feel about um, what I have done is if I'm headlining, I'll tape a set list to the monitor. Uh, to the to the monitor. What do you mean to the monitor? Like, like if there's like a little like a speaker on the on the stage, or like I'll t- maybe tape it to the uh, stool. That's not as at, that's not as bad. Maybe tape it to the floor, um, and it just it just has to do with me not running an hour enough and wanting to make sure I do all the jokes that I, I do. I think that's doable, but I just think that I think it depends on how much. I think really where the where the the offense comes in. Is if you're literally picking up a notebook and going, okay, what else? What else? What Turning else? the page, yeah. yes. On a show where people are like, I just I came to see like a normal comedy show. If you're going for a set list and you look, glance down, see a word, and go to the next joke, that's kind of like they do that with TV tapings. It's Nobody like, wants to different. feel an audience doesn't want to feel disrespected. I don't like insulting people that paid money to do something. I think if you're doing that thing with a notebook, even if it's a bar show, even if they didn't pay, but it's a dedicated audience that are there to see you, even if they're not the greatest. I think what you're doing by bringing the notebook up is you're big-timing them. You're, you're, you're trying to big... I'm better than you, and you're never better than any show that you do, if it's a real show. If you, and never. if you're doing the show, and clearly you're, you're not doing, better than them. Exactly. Because if you really were better than them, you wouldn't be doing the show. So, or you're doing it as a favor for a friend, and then in that case, it's kind of a dick move to the friend. Yeah. Now, if you've gotten to the point where you're uber-famous and you've drawing all the people that are there and, and, you're, and you're, doing somebody's, you're working on somebody's room, like, it's kind of extenuating circumstances for that. You, you kind of get, it's like, hey, it's kind of like, at that point, what are you going to do? Tell Chappelle shows up to you. Not that he, I don't even think he shows up with a notebook ever yeah, when he runs stuff in the cellar. It doesn't. doesn't. But that's what I mean. Like, if certain guys don't have to do I mean, it. That's what I'm saying when you're saying certain, certain guys. guys I, I mean, do you feel like you'd see, like, up there with a notebook, or no. Segura up there with a notebook. Even I doubt it. New, I don't think so. Like those guys that are like have multiple specials out right now. I don't think so. I think it's one of these things where it's like, if you want to do new and you do a regular show where somebody booked you, or there's a producer, there's an audience, and there's 
there's people there, um, you just remember it. And if you can't, you take the loss. Well, you, you, you know take what, the loss. You know what, for me, trumps that. Trumps? The, trumps the looking at your notebook. The, what I hate even more. What is it again? Do not. My biggest pet peeve is the sitting on the stool. Yes. Yeah. Me too. And if I have to bring it up every episode, I'll do it. I think I've brought it up before. I hate it so much. Um, the only time I remember ever sitting on a stool on stage is I was doing a bar show and it was like wasn't going well. So I literally sat at the bar and did stand up sitting at the bar, like sitting with everybody at the bar. And that's how I got the crowd into it. Like yeah. I started talking to them. I was like, oh, whatever. You guys are going to pay attention to me? I was like, let's, let's, let's hear what you guys got going on. I've done it. But uh, that was like a gimmick, me trying to just fucking grasp at straws. But like, I have never sat down and like put like, like you guys are going to hear about my dark past. And my journey. Yeah. It's like, like, what are you telling? Fishing tales? Relax. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Quint and Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dead his eyes. <laughs> Quint would sit on the stool. Um, I've done it on the road, and then the minute I've done it, I, I realize what I'm doing, and I get right up. Yeah. I've done it where I'm like, it's usually when it's going well, because I'm so relaxed, and I'm trying to get into, I go, I'll try to go into new, and I'll sit down for a second, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'll get right up. Do you know one time I saw it when I actually did love it? Is what? Patrice? Patrice Al- would do it, but that was the only guy that I was like. Ali Sadiq. Do you know, he does it all the time. But he fucking sat down the one time. And it was because the crowd was like being really unruly. Where was this? In Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. And he sits down on the stool and just stops talking. And then everybody quiets down. And he's like, now, nah. and, and he was doing well, but they were just like a chatty crowd. He's like, I'm just not going to start again until you guys shut the fuck up. He's like, I'll just sit here. And if you want to hear the rest of the show, he's like, because I got like 30 minutes left. I got some good stuff I want to give you. He's like, but right now, you just don't deserve it. And, and he just sat there like quiet for like, like looked at his watch like for another like two minutes and then they quieted down and then he got up and finished his set. Really? Yeah. That's, that, I like that. Me There's too. also a Mike Yard story that's similar to that. He did, apparently, I think it was Mike, he did a college and the college was like these unruly college students and he goes, hey, all my contracts as, as I have to stand up on this stage for an hour. He's like, I'll just, I'll just do that. And they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop talking. He just so stood he, there? He's, I, th- I think he... Yeah, I, I don't, he might have sat down at some point on the stool, but he was just up there. Or I have to be up here for an hour. And he said he just stopped talking, and people were like, all, they were like shouting stuff, and what the hell, and, blah, blah. and they like slowly trickled out. And at the end, there was like six students left. And he was like, out of curiosity, why'd you guys stay? They're like, we want to see if you would do the whole, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Not, hey, we really like stand-up. And no, no. They were just like, we wanted to see if you would stick to the whole hour. And I think he did. I think it was Mike Yard. I should ask him about it when I see him. I'm pretty sure it was him. But I, I like that move. Because it's like, yeah, you're dealing with it. That's what I mean about the level of respect. You're dealing with disrespect gets met with disrespect. It should, yeah. yeah. The same way that I, just, I brought up to you that story about... I'll tell the faster version of it. We had like a false start to the podcast. Some old guy insulted me after a show once, and I said, fuck you, take off. Like, I'm like, hey, you're going to meet me with disrespect. We, should be, we, don't, we shouldn't have to kowtow to these people. And I've said it before on the show, I know. It's like, if you're gonna, you don't have to say anything. You can just say thank you or, or nothing and, and, and leave. You don't have to say anything. 
But if you're not, it's like the old adage that your mom would tell you. If you're not going to say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Because yeah. I don't, it's not going to affect me at all. You're not giving me any, I, I don't respect your opinion at that point. No, you know? and when you've been doing it for a certain amount of time and have done it on a, I mean, especially you, I mean, you've done fucking comedy on multiple TV shows. You're fucking best friends with Michael Che. <laughs> and, you know, you've, no, but seriously, like, like when you've done it for a while and you've, you've got a level of confidence where you're like, I know I can do this professionally and I've done it well a lot of times. So like if this random dude is telling me that I suck, I'm going to take it with a fucking grain of salt. It's one of those things where, you know where you, that's, I think we have to tell the public something they don't know. Comics don't care really what you think about comedy. When they start having a fan base, I think they care what the fan base thinks because they want to make the fans. They want to keep the fans. But your opinion about a joke you heard or you have your own joke, your own take on one of the jokes, nobody cares. The only opinions we, opinions we care about are about other comics and not just other comics, other comics that we respect and think yeah. are funny. And I think that, because I've had comics tell me stuff and I go, okay, thanks, and I just not, not thought twice about it. But the same way, that, but, but I also, I'm also the type that I never give people, I give people tags very rarely on jokes. And when I do, I expect them not even to, Use it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but it's one of those things where it's like every audience member in the world, unless maybe you're related to me or I know that you're whatever, my friend who I know is hilarious. Even that, I don't even think I would respect that opinion. You only respect the people going through the same shit with you. Well, it's, it's the same reason why when you get off stage after a bomb, the first thing that you kind of want to do is call another comic. Exactly. And talk about the bomb. Because it's the only person that, or, or that like, understands. Or like sometimes like after I do a show, like... The only people you want to be around are somebody that knows what just happened. Right. Whether it was good or bad sometimes. Exactly. And that's why the other reason that the minute you show up on the road and there's somebody there opening for the the host or whatever it is, you get along with them nine times out of ten right away because you're like, oh, my God, we immediately have a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like any other uh, business, I guess, in that way. But it's a little bit different because there is far, even with the growth of the amount of comedians in the world, it still pales in comparison to most other careers as, as far as the amount of people who do it and how often we get to see each other for an extended period of time and, and have those conversations. Because mostly you're going to do your own spots, hanging out at shows, and that's it. There used to be more of a hang in the city in New York, but I think that doesn't happen as much anymore. Not as much. But as an audience member, if you're one listening to this right now, you should know. If you're, gonna, if you're the type of person, and most people don't do this. No. If you are the type of person that's going to give your advice... To the comedian, just like you had that other story from last week, we don't care. We, like, truthfully don't care. We're going to forget about it. I mean, I want to be liked. Don't get me wrong. I want you to think I'm funny really bad. But I want you to like me really bad. That's why you'll get the response of, like, go ahead, tell me. But if you're giving me tips on the craft and you've never done it, oh, fuck fuck off. off. Yes, exactly. I have this. Do do we we got time for one more thing? We We got one more thing. We we had a jerk of the week. I think we were going to talk about, but we we already already kind of covered that. Yeah. What's your thing? I I was I was just going to say something uh, more. This is a very comedy centric episode, so might as well just finish it. Comedy centric Mm -hmm. is you were talking about the like. I I feel like. As, like, somebody that is, a, like, we admit all the time that we have those people-pleaser tendencies and we just want people to like us. And, like, it's, it can be crippling sometimes. But I realize I'm less of a people-pleaser when I'm sticking up for somebody else. 
And it happens to Same me. Same here. And it happens to me with comedy. And I, I'm i not sure if, if I've mentioned this before, but we have a lot of new listeners. So they'll hear it again. And I, I want you to tell me if you've ever encountered something like this. But like, have you ever went like later on a lineup and you notice how the audience is being to all the other comedians and then you start to just take it as full-blown like disrespect to yourself yes. and you're like pissed off. Yeah. And I remember I had a show I was doing in Youngstown, Ohio and this kind of ties, ties a lot of it together because there was this old ass like muscular <laughs> old dude in was, the front row. It was, was time traveling Hercules, baby Hercules. <laughs> he, he got back in shape <laughs> and he came back but he's sitting there with his lady and I was the eighth one up out of eight and it was this comedy contest and I was the most seasoned comic on it. Right, I'd been like, and I had been doing it like five years at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's all these like newer comics, and this guy is just relentlessly fucking with everybody and just being unruly because it's a free show, and he's sitting right up front with his girl, and she's kind of being an ass too, but nobody's kicking them out. Nobody's doing anything about it. When I know it's free, but like it would have been so easy for the people running the contest or the people at the bar to be like, hey, there's a lot of other seats inside or over here where you don't have to keep fucking with these people. Because it was comic after comic. They were just ruining their set. So I go up there and I'm like, dude, the first thing I hear come out of his mouth, I'm chewing his fucking head off. I'm just going nuts. And I get up and I'm like, right when he says something, I'm like, dude, shut your fucking mouth with your, you know, with your Richard Simmons ass tank top on, and right. I just started unloading on yeah. him. Like yeah, like, and it was killing I've been there before, yeah. Killing him with the crowd at first, then I Turned. went too far. Yeah. Then I stop, and I'm just in autopilot, because I'm not only doing my jokes that I know, I'm listening to him getting held back by the woman, because he wants to come rush the stage <laughs> and punch me in the face. So then after my set, I walk over to him, because I have that thing where I'm like, I may have went too hard. And I shouldn't have done this, but I just walked up and I said, hey, man, I want you to know, like, I don't have any hard feelings, but, like, you can't do that to these comics. comics. And then he's like, just walk away. Just walk away. And I was like, fuck you. I was like, now I'm not walking away, dude. Like, you know. You get into it? And we started, like, arguing. And, like, the people from the staff had to, like, push me away and, like, get me out of there. Uh, yeah. I had. But it's like, I don't, like, like, I feel like had I just been getting heckled, I wouldn't have been that angry. No, because you, there's a, that camaraderie, and you're like, I know how this feels to be in this situation, and I have more control than this person has right now. Like, I'm not having to deal with it, so I'm going to go up with the power I have and try to, like, help out my friend or whatever, or my, you know, my, um, my colleague. But, like, the, yeah, I've been there a million times where I've done the same thing, where you end up... Going hard, you go too far, the audience even sometimes goes, all right, all right, that's enough. Because you go, it's too long and too much on the person. I had a situation, uh, and same thing, I apologize if you guys have heard this, but I don't think I've said it. I have this weird thing with hosts, with the, with the passive aggressiveness that people throw at good hosts. And I forget who it was that was hosting, but it was a good host at Gotham. I don't even think I was on the show. I think I was picking up a friend and we were going to hang out at Gotham, and some... The host goes up, kills, kills with a little bit of crowd work and the rest jokes, the magic combination. And uh, gets off, comes over to us by like the bullpen little area at Gotham and is talking to us and, 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 uh, for a couple minutes. And some, some drunk dude comes over, and I don't care what intentions this guy had. He would think he was, I think he was trying to be nice, but he was drunk. And he comes over and he goes, dude, 
that was hilarious to the host. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. The guy goes back, thanks. And he goes, next time, you should, like, do your own set. You should, like, do your own, your own comedy. And that, that said a lot to hosts. And I went, I turn around. I almost, like, get in front, I almost get in front of the guy. I'm like, hey. I go, did he do jokes? And the guy goes, yeah, he did. I go, did you laugh? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, there you go. And he goes, no, you know what I mean. And I go, I don't. And the guy was loaded. So I didn't, I was like kind of going overboard. But I was yeah. like, I don't. You tell me what you mean. What do you mean his own set? What was that? You tell me what you mean. And the guy was like, well, you, I, oh. And then like people got involved and it ended. But like, I was, same kind of feeling where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to save you right now because you're trying to be nice because you have to host the rest of the show. And I have no stakes on this show whatsoever. It is a, it is a vicarious jerk store moment where you're having it through somebody else because there was probably times, and, and I think that this is, this is where I was coming from in that moment, where there were times when you maybe didn't have the, the confidence, or whether at the balls, or even like the time, to, the quickness to think of what to say, and then now it's like you have your second chance. Totally. Yeah. Now it's yes. like you're force feeding yourself the shrimp to hear if they. Yeah, yeah. This is me from three months ago. Yeah. This is me. I would have said to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm getting more and more to the point where, like, I, I don't know. I don't think. Did I bring up the thing that happened to the seller where this woman wouldn't. I defended somebody else, Jackie Fabulous. This woman would not stop talking during her set. And the, afterwards, the woman comes out. Did I talk about this already? No. Comes out and bothered Jackie Fabulous her whole set, would not stop talking to her. Jackie made it funny. Like, she, she made fun of the woman. was killing. But the woman still wouldn't stop. One of those audience members where you, you've been embarrassed four times over at this point, and you still won't stop, and comes out, follows Jackie out of the room to, to still talk, not to confront her, to still talk to her about whatever she was talking about on stage. Like, it's a continued conversation. And then she's like, that's why I don't even die. And she's just, like, drunkenly doing whatever. Jackie goes, listen, I got to go. And the woman's like, okay, all right. The woman turns around. I think Jackie's even still kind of milling about. Turns around, looks at me. I just shake my head. Just shake my head right in the lady's face. I was on, I was on the show. I, I, oh, I was hosting the show. Yeah. And I just shake my head. And, and the woman goes, what? She's not nice? And I go, you're not nice. You fucked up. You were rude. You were rude. You would not stop talking to her entire set. You were rude. And she goes, no, what are you talking about? And then at one point she goes, no, no, no. I'm Irish. You know how it is. You're Irish. You drink. <laughs> I swear to God she said that. And I go, that has nothing and to do with And then you say. went, you got a good point. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry to bother you. Hey, you want to do a Jameson? <laughs> Oh, that's all you had to say, sweetheart. Hey, two Jamesons for me and the mouthy broad. Those are the magic words, sister. Uh, so I go, it has nothing to do with it. And she goes, no, no, I'm on this date with this French guy, and he doesn't talk a lot. And I'm like, these are all reasons this is not okay to still, to still do yeah. this. And then as I'm walking away, I hear her go, she goes, well, you're a man uh, explaining to me about how, I go, nope. I go, nope, if you were a dude, I would have done the same thing. I go, that has nothing to do with it. And then she goes, yes, it does. She starts to get back in. I go, it's over. Stop talking. It's over. And I just walked. I was like, fuck you, lady. Fuck you. I was so done with it. What's the oldest woman you would fight? <laughs> 97 years old. <laughs> she, she, I actually fought one. Her name was, uh, her name was Her, Hermania F. E. Abernathy. She was friends with Susan B. Anthony. 
She she was there when Betsy Ross when she sewed the first American flag. That's what we got into a fight about. I fucking jabbed her right in her face. She asked me how many stars did the flag have originally. I didn't know, and she got pissed off. So we fist fought. And then Susan B. Anthony was like, "Hey, why'd you do that?" Like, I'm Irish. I'm drunk. She goes, "You're Irish. You know how it is." All right. And I'm like, yeah, but that's you know that's uh that's that's personal. So shut up. <laughs> well, let's let's get uh let's get your Irish ass out of here. Yes, let's do it. This was a uh, this was a fun one. This was a fun one. Let's do it. Let's do an awkward handshake and get the hell out of here. Oh, before we go though. Oh, what? what, what? Tell the folks where can they find us, Ray? You could find us every place you look. Um, you we will be following you out to your cars. We will be <laughs> under your bed. We will be outside your window. We're, we're basically you, the villain from a Netflix series. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot get away from us. No, you can find us. I'm at Ray B. Killing him. He's at Shawnee Time on Instagram. We post a lot of our clips from the podcast there. You can catch us on YouTube. Subscribe to the Brand New Jerks. Email us at brandnewjerks at gmail.com if you have any questions. There's anything that you want to see on the show. If you have your own jerk store moment that you'd like us to talk about on the show, check us out on TikTok, Brand New Jerks, TikTok. Yeah, and 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 the the big one, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on any of the platforms that you use for your podcasting needs. And subscribe, rate, and review there. Yes, absolutely. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Good night. Bye, everybody.